This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everybody, welcome back to this week's episode here at Impact Outdoors Podcast. And we're coming to you with another great episode from the Hunt Fish Podcast Summit this year with the one and only Jonathan McCormick of Redbeard Outdoors. And uh, Jonathan's got a great story. You know, he's got his own podcast, Redbeard Outdoors, and, and uh, it's just huge into to bow hunting, really taking on to, to the sport of bow hunting and the technicalities of all that and and being out in nature and, and, and really into fitness and just doing a lot of a lot of great things through all of his platforms. And um, really hope you uh enjoy this episode and and get involved get in contact with with jonathan and and see if he can help you out with some fitness goals and stuff and uh i'm really glad that he was able to join us this year at the summit so great addition great podcaster and um really enjoyed having him this year so with that being said let's jump right into this week's episode with redbeard outdoors We're back here for another podcast here at the summit. I'm so glad that uh, you were able to make it, Jonathan. We've got um, Redbeard Outdoors with Jonathan McCormick all the way down from Salt Lake City area. Yeah. Is that where you're from? Mm-hmm. So that's where you're living at right now. So, so tell us a little bit about you. Um, you know, I know Paul Fazinski from Aptitude Outdoors had been following you for quite a while, and and he's like, we need to get Redbeard to come down. And I mean, when you called me. You were like, I'm actually going to be in Texas <laughs> leaving the day your event starts. <laughs> yep, yep, that was the original plan, yeah. That's cool, man. So um, ha- so obviously, you know, I know you're a big bow hunter and kind of getting in, into that a lot and and uh, the fitness aspect and everything, but um, kind of what's your backstory and, and kind of how you got to where you're at? Yeah, so for me, my backstory, I'm from North Carolina originally, and uh I grew up uh, fishing, camping, doing a lot of things outdoors, especially during the spring, mm-hmm. summer, and fall. Um, didn't do a lot outside as far as winter. Uh, we'd build snowmen and stuff if we got lucky and got yeah. like an inch of snow in North Carolina. But um, pretty much, uh, 
I mean, that that's kind of where my love for the outdoors started. I've always loved animals as well. Um, I went hunting once out there, didn't like it. I didn't like the idea of sitting in a stand with, with a rifle. It just seemed like target practice mm-hmm. for me. So I just, I never really got into that, but I love bass fishing. Um, and the few times I've done like surf fishing, I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And then uh, I, I went out to Utah, uh, went for a year to college, and then I went to Mexico on an LDS mission. Um, so cool. I'm fluent in Spanish, if you guys need anything, you know, in Spanish. Nice. Uh, and then came back and uh, was finishing up college, got married to a, a girl in Utah, and they don't ever leave Utah. <laughs> and uh, I was kind of dying of, I miss the greenery of mm-hmm. North Carolina. Um, and so I just was really wanting to move back home, move back to the East coast somehow. And I was trying to figure out that with a career, um, and schooling and having kids and all that stuff. Um, and then a buddy of mine, uh, actually said, Hey, do you want to go on a hunt with me? And I was like, sure. Where are you going? He was like up those mountains. I was like, okay, (laughs) let's let's go. And they're not Texas mountains. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And no, these are actual mountains that they're like. You know, I thought the Appalachian Mountains were big, but no, these are these are ginormous. And so um, we go, and, and we didn't tag out, but we saw lots of, of wildlife, um, cool. and I, I loved it. I absolutely loved being up there. And so that got me hooked, and it got me to stay mm-hmm. in Utah. So uh, my wife's probably happy that I met Brent. Now she's not happy because I spend probably more time with him in the fall than I do with her. But <laughs> I think a lot of our wives will say yeah. the same thing. Yeah. So that, that hunt and stuff. Exactly. But yeah, that's kind of where it all started, my more getting into the outdoors on my own kind of as an adult. Yeah. Um, and then uh, since then, I've just been backpacking, camping. I take my kids everywhere. Um, before they could walk, they were in baby carriers, you know, and uh, that that's kind of where it all started. That's cool, man. And I know you're big on your family. Mm-hmm. I love looking at your posts every day. I mean, you, you're you're very good at posting every day, and, and that's the one thing that Paul had told me. He's like, man, he's really good. He's inspirational, provides a lot of motivation for everybody, and kind of tell us where that comes from. Yeah. You know, for those that, that aren't following you yet, which they will be after yeah. listening to this. <laughs> sure so. hope so. And, uh, no, yeah, I uh, – I've always been into fitness. Um, I haven't always been best at nutrition, um, but especially being from the South where all the good deep fried foods and, you know, all that good stuff. But, but I've always been in the gym ever since I could. And um, I've always played sports. So I've been athletic. um, And so for me, that's kind of where it all stemmed from is that I, I knew I love motivational quotes. I love that little kind of kick in the pants um, (coughs) that I need every once in a while. And so I was like, why not just share what I already look up and just either take a screenshot of it or type it out, Mm -hmm. um, in the stories every day on, on Instagram. But even before that, um, why I started Redbeard Outdoors on the Instagram was because I would go out on the random day I had off during the week. Um, and I worked in the office and I would, I would take my kids hiking and I mean, we wouldn't go very far, maybe a mile and a half, two miles. And, um, I would just always take pictures and I'd share it with my coworkers when I came back and they seemed shocked that I would take my day off to go hiking yeah. and not sit back and watch Netflix or drink or whatever they do on their days off. And so I was like, maybe I should share this with people and show that the kids don't have to be a burden. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to get a babysitter so you can go out, like involve your family. You know, it yeah, may not absolutely. be the, t- the 10 mile hike you want to do today, but your kids see that it's a habit. So I just started sharing that, and then the motivational stuff started about a year ago, yeah. and um, I just post one every morning, and I'm not uh, a believer in 
motivation keeps you going. But I do believe that, and the reason why I post it every day is because I know there's one person out there that could use that kick in the pants to get off the couch or get out of bed. Um, motivation for me is very temporary. Uh, discipline and habits is what keeps you going. Um, and why I am in the gym five to six days a week. And when I'm not in the gym, I'm on the mountains or working in the yard or doing something outside. And so I just want to help people get started. And I want people to see how simple it can be. Um, it's not necessarily easy, but how simple it can be, uh, to, to just involve fitness in your life. That's great, man. And, and, uh, it's hard these days. I mean, it is, it's a struggle, struggle for me. I know that guaranteed, but just with everything we got going on and we've got two, two little kids and, and, um, but you're absolutely right about, you know, the way I look at it. Um, we, me and my wife try to get our kids involved with as much stuff as we do. You know, they, they want to go when, when we go to the, to the deer lease down here. I mean, we're mm-hmm. hunting mostly pri- private land and, and, uh, do everything. And they want to mimic the parents yep. a lot of the time. So they see that, they see you doing that, and they want to be part of that. And uh, I wish I could take my kids everywhere to work with all the mm-hmm. cool stuff I get to do, but they got to be a little bit older. So, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, well, that's cool, man. So where did, um, so like, you're really into archery hunting, mm-hmm. you know, and um, what kind of, I know I've heard a couple of your stories when mm-hmm. you've you've talked already, um, but what's some of the coolest stuff you've done hunted with as far as bow? Yeah, so my hunting journey started with a rifle, um, and then I just realized, like like I said earlier, I I love animals. Um, I love watching them, even when it's not hunting season, or even when I'm my buddies maybe got a tag, or I've got a tag, and it's just not <coughs> the animal that I'm looking for. Um, I love watching just how animals interact in nature, uh, and and so. For me, it, you know, it started with a rifle, and then I wasn't going for anything trophy, um, but I was like, I want to make it a little bit more difficult. And I, I love, absolutely love challenges, um, to, to sometimes to my detriment, <laughs> but I love challenges. And so uh, my buddy had been kind of poking me in the ribs like, dude, you would love archery. And at the time, I, I didn't have the money to, to purchase a bow, um, and so I, I kind of held off. That was my main reason mm-hmm. um, because I saw how much, like if I was going to get it, I was going to go all in. And that's kind of how I am. And so I finally ended up purchasing a bow. I'm doing my research ahead of time and actually creating a good relationship with the bow shop um, that I go up to, which is Wild Arrow Archery up there in Centerville, Utah. Okay. And uh, um, they walked me through a couple things. And, and uh, this was only in 2020 that I picked up my first bow. And I told myself that if I didn't shoot every single day for that first year every day that i could right Mm -hmm. like if we went to north carolina or whatever i didn't bring my bow but um every day that i had the possibility to shoot a bow i had to shoot at least one arrow and um and i did and so i picked up an elk tag that next year i had also applied for um in 2021 i I got a, a doe tag for a mule deer and um i'd also gotten a turkey in the fall and I got two more turkey tags for this fall season in 2021. Nice. So um, that's kind of where it all kind of evolved. And I've just put so much time behind the bow um, that I'm I'm one of those guys that I, I truly believe that um, I want to be able to control everything that I can so that I can make an ethical shot. <clears throat> you obviously can't control the wind. You can't control if they take a step. You can't control those things. But I can control if my stuff's dialed, if I know that all my stuff's tightened down and... Um, and if I'm, if I'm going to make a good shot or not. Yeah. And so uh, that's that's kind of where I've been with archery is just I, I love the tinkering aspect behind it that you can 
shoot in your backyard. You can't do that with rifles. No. Uh, and maybe you get in trouble. Maybe but. out here in this backyard, <laughs> right. where we're at, if you're seeing the video. But, uh, but you know, you're, you're right, you know. So um, archery is something I think uh, a lot more people are getting into now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, mean, I don't know if it ever had – I've never really seen it having like a – a stigma about we were talking about with uh, my buddy eric trout last night about fly fishing like mm-hmm. he kind of had a like that was an elite thing you know and it's like um a lot of people you know i guess back in the day i mean they were shooting recurves and mm-hmm. stuff so i mean it wasn't a lot of technology technology involved yeah. in it and now it's like you know it's like a bass boat you know yep. you got everything you can you can uh put on a lot of these things so um, which is cool, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, stuff's just going to advance. But um, I haven't ever bow hunted before. I've got a crossbow, mm-hmm. um, but uh, um, I haven't got into that. Love to. Um, it's just one one more thing, you know. I need to need to w- yeah. work and spend some time on. So you know, I, I actually think that crossbows. Um, I know there's a lot of archery enthusiasts that are like, oh, crossbows are just another rifle. But I think it's a good starting point for yeah. people that are getting into archery maybe don't have the shoulder strength to pull the bow back and hold steady um and you also like especially with kids you don't want them to be turned off by the explosion of a gun mm-hmm. um but also they're not strong enough to pull back a bow to be able to kill a deer um or a turkey or whatever it is that you're going for and so i think a crossbow is a good a good starter especially for children yeah um and I might start my kids there. I haven't quite decided yet. Uh, yeah. They they haven't shown that interest yet. They go with me on my hunts, but they they haven't said that they want to hunt, and they're not old enough to anyway uh, yeah. at this point. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I kind I think my logic behind it at the time was um, extend season mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, for for me, um, provided a few more opportunities for me when I couldn't get out in the typical November. Mm-hmm gun season whether if it was hunting in oklahoma missouri or texas where i usually hunt and and stuff and uh um i've taken a few animals with it i mean it, it's still a cool experience yeah. getting to use it you know you still got to get them pretty darn close and and uh and make that good shot and uh but they are i mean like i said it's a it's a good thing to start with and and they're 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 pretty accurate because you are using the scope you can dial it in mm-hmm. pretty pretty good and can be consistent with it so but um yeah it's definitely been a hot topic (laughs) you know and and i don't know if it's uh i don't know what states are lagging behind on legalizing it for if it's legal in all 50 states now for crossbows for yeah for i'm not 100 sure i know i know they weren't all on board with that still for for like white-tailed deer and, and stuff but here in texas you can use about anything you want so <laughs> so but um but yeah i wanted to i wanted to kind of um pick your brain on kind of what you think about this event you know the yeah. summit and stuff and, and what we've been doing here this weekend yeah so this event has been awesome um uh, this is my first time down in texas and it started with high caliber hunts so that's where i was uh, originally and um I was down in San Antonio with a buddy of mine named Colin, and and I love that event, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But with this one, uh, I love getting the people from different um, areas of their lives as well. I think I'm the youngest guy here still. I was the youngest (laughs) guy the other place too. But, uh, you know, it's it's awesome to see there's so many people here um, that support veterans or just good causes, uh, people that really genuinely want to give back to the environment, um, they're true conservat- uh, conservationists, 
and um, and they they really do treasure this resource that we have of mm-hmm. whether it be fishing or hunting or even just getting out and enjoying it, uh, enjoying nature. And it's just cool to. I mean, we've got a falconer here as well, and I think that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You know, that's something that I, I again, I, I'm an all-in kind of person, so it might not be good if I go <laughs> dabble in falconry. Um, but but definitely, uh, this event has been fun. Uh, we've got another full day today, and then okay. kind of a half day tomorrow uh, that I'm looking forward to. And uh, and we've gone out thermal hog hunting, which has been fun. Um, yeah. Fishing has been it's been good. Um, it's off and on like all fishing yeah. is. It's been surprisingly uh, cold. Yeah, here yeah. in the morning, yeah, it just I, killed the bite. I think so. I kind of like it. I kind of like the chilliness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been great. The lodging is awesome, um, and then the people I've been able to have conversations with has been. Great. Yeah, we've got, yeah. I mean, just an incredible lineup, man. I yeah. mean, Gray Thornton and his wife, Renee. I don't know if you've Oh, he's got me wanting to hunt sheep now. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And, I always uh, said I would never hunt sheep because, one, it's too expensive, and, two, I just would rather hunt elk, but he's got me wanting to hunt sheep now. <laughs> yeah, man, it's just uh, so cool. You know, yourself and Gale Force Twins and Heroes on the Water, and, and uh, you know, I, this whole thing kind of just stemmed out of being stuck at home during COVID, I started my podcast up. I started recording in the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it was all set. I mean, I had a lot of interviews lined up to do in person. And then, boom, mm-hmm. the world shut down, basically, and uh, just prevented traveling a lot. And then um, that whole year, I was trying to figure out what to do and, and stuff. And, and kind of going into 2021, I was just kind of thinking, it's like, man. It's like we're kind of in a point where we can kind of move around now and, and get back into doing things. And I'm not very patient when it comes to doing stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I was like, I want to make something happen, and and uh, ran into our buddy Paul mm-hmm. and uh, and and Chester and, and kind of bounced the idea off them. They thought it was good, and and um, man, I can't believe we're sitting here today, it's the second one, and it's almost three times as big as it was last year. That's awesome. I'm excited to see where it is where it is in a few years, and hopefully you can keep coming back and, and being part of it. So, um, but uh, but yeah. So tell us a little bit about the first part of your week this week. Yeah. yeah so high caliber hunts, and and this was Colin's first ever high caliber hunt. So he just started a company um, that he's wanting to. It's basically a. I wouldn't say it's guiding. Um, he actually goes out and he facilitates ranches or a, a lodging. Uh, all the food is included as well in your fare, that whatever you pay for the hunt. Nice. Um, he's got one lined up for uh, Louisiana in September um, to go alligator hunting. He's got a bunch of other stuff going on. Uh, turkeys, he offers turkeys and hogs. Um, you know, it's that's, that's cool. The hunting aspect was cool, um, but you definitely don't come just for that. So I was able to hang out with some amazing men that, and it's not just about men either. He wants high caliber individuals um, to, to be able to make it to these events. This one just (laughs) happened to be a group of men. And um, even from, so a lot of us came in a little early on Monday night and we all had dinner together and man, we stayed at dinner. Our, our waiter was probably frustrated, (laughs) but we stayed there for (laughs) almost five hours. Dang. Just, the great conversations that we had just getting everyone together from uh someone from texas we had a couple people from utah we had uh people fly in from other parts of the country as well and um people that we would have never met yeah. if it wasn't for for colin and then uh and he's already got a couple of events that are booked out already for for the rest of this month but high caliber hunt is all about getting individuals together that are of high caliber uh mm-hmm. high caliber individuals that happen to hunt 
and hunting is kind of one of the things that brings us together but being able to have uh, the conversations, just educational conversations where we're, we have differing opinions on some things, but we all know how to communicate those opinions and how to have a good yeah. conversation and basically leveling up as as men in this case, but as people, as humans, um, by surrounding ourselves with a, a better group of people than who we are, you know, and, and, and wanting to have, again, those conversations with people and um, networking would be a, I guess, a buzzword that a lot of people use. Um, but yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's an awesome concept. Um, I've already had a couple other people sign up. I'm That's pushing sweet. it as hard as I can just cause I, I think that it's not your typical hunt. I know it's not your typical cu- hunt camp. It's, uh, it, it really is getting high caliber individuals together. Yeah. So. And I think, you know, me and, and a lot of the guys that are on my deer lease with me and, and people I've hunted with in the past, like, like, we used to do an annual trip back up to Oklahoma and hunt mm-hmm. some family property I had up there. It was in the family. And, and I mean, the best part about it was sitting around the campfire and just being with one another, mm-hmm. you know, because everyday lives, you don't get to talk. I mean, yep. and, uh, I mean, not in that, in that manner. You know what I mean. Yep. And, uh, and that's really cool that he's um, providing that kind of an opportunity. So does he have, like, a website and stuff set up yep. for all yeah, that? Yeah, so it's so just high caliber hunts. Um, you can message him directly on Instagram. Uh, it's just high caliber hunts. There's no special spelling or anything, yeah. um, and and just tell him you want to get in on the next one, and and he'll he'll tell you what's available, That's um, awesome, what the pricing is, and all that. It varies based on the hunt and where you're staying, but yeah. um, again, it's just the because you can you can get in some bum camps, like you know you can get some bum individuals that just either want to drink all day or um, just aren't really doing much with their lives, mm-hmm. and they're also not doing well at home. That was another big thing. Those of us that have families we all like it, it was all good things like we weren't um being negative about spouses or children or like it was all just naturally people that love being fathers people that love being husbands yeah. and uh those that didn't have families talked about wanting to make like create a family so like it was just again great individuals that's cool man that's something i'd love to be a part yeah. of at some point so that's that's pretty neat man and uh so um well, what have you, uh, I know I wanted you to talk a little bit about your fit crew and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, what you got going on with that and, uh, what you got planned for the rest of this year. Yeah, no, definitely. So, uh, Redbeard's fit crew, and you don't have to have a red beard to be in the fit crew. <laughs> I've had a lot of people mess. I know they're joking, but I'm going to try and get that out of the way for anyone listening. Like I've already had the joke. It's okay. <laughs> um, it red beard is me, red beards, fit crew. Uh, it, and it's just a, a group of individuals that n- need or want help um, whether it be with nutrition or finding ways to to get healthy again a lot of them have at one point and I knew a lot of them as as we were in high school um, together uh, that were extremely fit and then they had children and just normal life things mm-hmm. that happen and they can't quite wrap their heads around uh, how to do fitness with a family or how to do fitness with a family and a job or and so i'm trying to link up a bunch of people that throughout the country that may be experiencing what they're experiencing you know women obviously experience different things than men and so uh having women and men in the group that can help each other out in the different age ranges so maybe an older person that's dealing with something that a younger person hasn't they can work together and just kind of connecting people um in in that aspect and showing people that fitness can be simple now it's i never say it's easy and i like to make that delineation um fitness 
is extremely simple. You don't have to go to the gym. And like this morning, unfortunately, there's not a gym here. That's the only thing I'd say that they should upgrade about this place. Um, but like yesterday, I went for a run and then I did some mobility work. And this morning, I just focused mainly on some shoulder, hip mobility. Um, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And I had one of the guys, I can't remember his name, but uh, the one that gave the speech last night. Oh, Dr. Dale Rollins. Yeah, okay, yep. so Dr. Dale Rollins. Um, he he was like, I saw you rolling around on the floor over there. Are you okay? <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, I, I do stuff like this because um, it's little chunks that you put into your proverbial stock market of your body. Um, every single day, little little investments that you make so that, and I told him, I said, so when I get older than you, I'm still able to move around, you know, and, mm-hmm. and feel good, as good as I can at that age. And and that's all it takes is just a little bit of mobility, um, you know, tracking what you eat. Uh, and I, it, it's really not difficult. Um, it is very simple. Because if you overcomplicate it and say, well, I need to go get into CrossFit or oh, I need to go get into powerlifting or I have to go to the gym. But then you walk in and there's like five million pieces of equipment mm-hmm. and you just go to the treadmill. Like there's so many other things you can do and i just want to show people that i work with people as a health coach um i don't charge anything i just kind of help people get better um and so that's kind of what the plan is with redbeard's fit crew as of right now and we might do events in the future uh where people get together and we go for a hike or something out west um but yeah i just i just want people to realize how simple it can be they don't have to it doesn't have to be complicated yeah, I think a lot of it is mental. Like mm-hmm. I'm definitely not in the shape I want to be in right now, and and trying to struggle with you know balancing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just something you know everybody's got to work on, and uh, um, it's just always seems like it's just mental handicaps. I guess mm-hmm. people put on themselves, you know. So you can always make time, yeah. even if there's no time to do it. Right. You can always make some time. And, and you know that's the other thing too. Like it's all about one being honest with yourself. Like if you look at someone, like if I look at a bodybuilder that's on stage, I don't want to be them. I don't want to, to take the drugs that they have to take, and, and I don't want to have to cut down to the body fat percentage that they are. Um, I look at a CrossFit athlete, and I'm like, I don't want to win a CrossFit competition. Um, you know, And so it's all about what your goals are and not comparing yourself mm-hmm. to others, but also being honest with yourself and saying like, well, you know, I didn't have time for it. We always have time, but if we have time for what we want to do. Yeah. Um, do I wish we had 32-hour days so I could still get eight hours of sleep? Yes, that would be nice. That would be very nice. <laughs> but, that would be super nice. <laughs> but yeah, right? But it, it is really all about where your priorities are. And once you're honest with yourself, if it really hurts to say that I'm not in the shape that I'm in or that I want to be in, then maybe bump that up your priority list. But if you are if you look at it and you're like, yeah, it kind of sucks, but... I've got, you know, these are my top five right now. Okay, cool. Like, there's no problem with that. The biggest problem that I find is that people aren't honest about it. They they, they come and talk to me, and they're like, well, I could do this or that, or I want to lose another 10 pounds. And, like, the first thing that my mind goes to is I want to ask them, do you really, though? 
Because if you don't, just say you don't. And you don't have to talk to me about nutrition. I'll talk to you about anything else in the world, yeah. right? But if you genuinely want to get better, I'm here for you. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's kind of how I handle cool things. being able to provide that support um, for people and stuff. And, man, I hope that part of everything you're doing it just is very successful for you and everybody else that's involved in it. So Appreciate it. That's cool, man. Um, so um, I was going to ask you... Have you got any hunts? I know you talked about possibly mm-hmm. wanting to go hunt a, a, a wild sheep now, <laughs> but like, what are some of your uh, your goals in the hunting world mm-hmm. here in the next couple of years? You know, I'm one of those people that I like to tinker. I like the gear. I was talking with Chester um, about it yesterday. He was like, there's the critter people and there's the gear people. And I think I definitely fall in the gear category, but I also have a lot of the critter category. Like, I, I like the idea of watching. I don't, I don't have to be successful. Right. Like, yeah. for example, I wasn't successful in my first elk season, which most people aren't. Some people, it takes years to get a, an elk with a bow. I plan on today, or this year being my year, right? <laughs> I go into it with that mindset. But, like, I, I don't walk away from last year thinking, man, what could I have done better? Because I put everything in. I did everything that I could. I hiked all the miles. I did all the scouting. I did like I did everything. And so I can walk away from that and say, cool, I didn't punch my tag. But I got to see elk. I got to hear elk. I got to be an elk. And that was that was enough for this season. Yeah. Obviously, God had another plan for me. So um, for me, the plan this year is just simply Utah hunts. I don't have anything crazy. I'm going to buy bonus points in uh, Wyoming and uh, Montana mm-hmm. and a couple other places to get kind of that built up. Um, but this year it was more about, I wanted to upgrade a couple things with gear yeah. and, uh, and, and I'm cool with hunting Utah. We've got great opportunities, even though it's not the best opportunities. Um, you know, I, I'm going to hunt elk for sure. Mm-hmm. And if I draw a mule deer tag, I'd love to draw a mule deer tag and get one in velvet in, in August. Um, that, that would be awesome. But I don't have a goal of necessarily 300 inch elk or like I don't have those goals. I want to just spend as much time as I can outside. I'd be happy with the spike. Right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, anything with horse. So right now, anything with antlers for me, I'm good with. Yeah. Uh, a mule deer, on the other hand, I might, because I've killed a couple, um, I'm going to step it up to like at least a three-point. Right? Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, stuff like that just doesn't, like, I don't go for the antlers. I go for, again, the experience. You know, I, I, I'm out hunting. When I'm hunting elk, I'm out before dark. Or before light and after dark. Mm-hmm. I don't go back early. I'm, I'm not there to hang out with my buddies. And I tell them that up front. I'm like, this is why I'm here. I'll catch up with you when I get back. Don't wait for me for dinner. Like, yeah. I'll get here when I get here. And if I get something, I'll let you know. <laughs> you know, but that's just kind of, I'm, I'm super intense like that. And I don't mean to offend anyone, right? And so I just am very upfront. Like, this is what I'm doing. This is why I drove separate. So you guys don't have to be strung to me strung to me and i don't have to be mm-hmm. strung to you you go do what you want to do handle it how you want to and i'm gonna handle me yeah right. i kind of like it when everybody goes in early because mm-hmm. that's when everything happens yep exactly, <laughs> exactly. especially for turkey hunting right man. i'm like oh yeah you go ahead and hunt back to the truck man you can walk back to the truck in the light because yeah. you're scared of the dark i will hang out here and i will shoot that elk that you spook <laughs> one thing that drives me crazy about hunting in other states or turkeys is a lot of them still have where you can only hunt till noon or one o'clock in mm. the afternoon Mm. And that's like sometimes the best time to be out, and be out in the woods and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I had my friend Aaron Merrill, who 
was up in uh, Maine mm-hmm. on last year, and uh, we were talking about you know how they um, still don't hunt on Sundays up there. Yep. And there's a big push to change that. Um, Pennsylvania is like that too, isn't it? Yeah, and there's also a lot of stuff up there that I wasn't even aware of where um, it's uh, perfectly legal to hunt on un posted private land hmm. without permission yeah you know so there's some it's places not, that it has to be posted yeah, yeah and it's like if it's not, if it's not purple you can go you mm-hmm. know if they don't have you know, that's usually the universal signal whereas in wyoming if you are caught on someone's private land which is checkerboard out there you look at the map it's ridiculous and you can't they're trying to change this rule but you can't cross diagonally so like if this is private and this is private and these two are public you can't cross diagonally if you cross yeah. diagonally, that's trespassing. Yeah. It's you better, you better have Onyx or yes. something. Oh, yeah. For my pronghorn hunt this last year, I definitely did. And I was like triple checking before I shot it. I was like, oh, I think I I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Onyx. That's the only one I've used, but I really like mm, it. Yeah. You know, and I know there's a couple new ones out now and stuff, but um, it's been really successful. I know my buddies over at the hunting public, you know, mm, they, I mm-hmm. mean, they're religious with using that and it's so useful i mean i use it for fishing mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff yep. you know not just hunting i mean yeah. you can use it for all kinds of cool stuff and measuring distances and all that and it's just another great new tool oh for sure that i never even thought of 10 years ago mm-hmm. you know so um but uh I love kind of um, hummingbird. yeah that was a cool hope you got that on video yeah <laughs> i know you come right by us um, hanging out so i know um i had a couple of guys that i work with that used to go to utah and mm. hunt elk every year what is like the um, over you know otc tags mm-hmm. out there yep. over the counter or is there a draw so units or yes there's both so they're called limited entry and those are the draw tags um then you've got the super fancy tags that you can buy on um i think the res the reservation mm-hmm. uh and then like deseret where big names like cam cam haynes joe rogan uh they hunt at the deseret and um man i saw a video of the guys that actually they 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 record or they video Dudley um, huh. and, and big names like that. And they were in the Deseret. There was 11 bulls in one draw that were just going, screaming their heads off. And they're like, which one do we go for? You yeah. know, like, I wish I had that problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the elk where I was hunting, they were super quiet until like the last day of the hunt. But uh, Typical. Any, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, no, it was, you know, over the counter for me. So as a resident, you can buy a three season tag. So you can get the deer rifle, or sorry, the deer, the the bow rifle and muzzleloader tag mm-hmm. um, for 150. Now for me, I'm just like I'm dedicating strictly to archery. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hold myself to that, and so that's 50 bucks, right? So I save a little bit of money there. But um, if you want to hunt all three seasons as a resident, that's a good option. Um, as a non-resident, are, are those seasons concurrent, or I mean, it's pretty like, much? Is, is archery like, run through all of them, or is it archery? Is every separated i'm trying to remember the rules i think you can hunt uh archery through all of them now i wouldn't want to especially during rifle season yeah it gets so packed that i mean it looks like a pumpkin patch on the mountain it's ridiculous um and especially in the -the over-the-counter units so i would have to look into that so i don't want to steer anyone wrong but but I, i definitely do so with archery you can buy the archery and then if you do the um extended archery education you can go back out in like december and hunt and the over-the-counter tag for residents and i think it's for non-residents too is any any sex so it can be a a, a, a bull or a cow yeah, yeah. but um they also offer for over-the-counter um you can buy a, a spike tag where you can go into the limited entry units and hunt spikes and cows yeah. 
So in my opinion, it's a good strategy to, if you're looking for a specific limited entry unit that you put in for every year, buy a spike and cow tag, go hunt spikes and cows in there and kind of pattern do the, the research. Bulls. Yeah, yeah. So then a couple of years when you do draw, you know where everything's at. Yeah. That's a um, good idea. So I'm, I might do that this year, but this last year we were just in the over the counter and there's a lot of pressure, um, on, on the elk in there. So, uh, and it's really dry and hot. The beginning of the season is dumb. It opens, uh, like near the end of August. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why don't you just take that week or two in August and put it at the end? Cause it used to end on the 15th of September. I'm like, that's when things start getting hot, yeah. right? And so I'm like, why don't you just add it? So this last year, they changed it to where it ends on the 22nd. Um, so it gets us a little bit of a, of the, the bugle juice going, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that. Um, but, yeah, so that's fun. I know uh, the over-the-counter tax for non-residents, there is a limit on those. Um, I want to say it was like 17000 Like, it was pretty significant number. Yeah. Um, but they sold out in less than... I want to say less than an hour last year. Like it was ridiculous how quick they went. Um, for residents, it's unlimited. So, but yeah, it's the cheapest over-the-counter out-of-state hunt. I want to say it's close to six hundred, five or six hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they were, um, and my buddies they 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 were successful. I mean, they would mm-hmm. harvest several several bulls up there. Um, but it's just cool, you know. I mean, so many more people. I mean, public land hunting is just taking off so mm-hmm. much. You know, I think a lot through the advent of social media here in the last 10 mm-hmm. years and, and just with people, you know, like THP and and um, Penhody and, and Sam Soholt and what mm-hmm. all these guys are doing, um, just, you know, not like telling people where to go, mm-hmm. but showing that anybody can do it. Yep. You know, and I think a lot of people were very hesitant to even, you know, it's like I don't. I mean, I don't know what to do. You know, mm-hmm. but you see somebody doing it, and you're like, "Well, I can do that." Yeah. You know, and um, and it is those goals are attainable and stuff. And and I've been hunting what little bit of public land we have here mm-hmm. in Texas. You know, it's pretty sparse. Um, cause it's basically like ninety percent private land mm-hmm. here. But but um, you know, if uh, I haven't been successful yet on turkeys, but I keep mm-hmm. going. I've had several really close encounters, and and um. um one was my fault, and one was had somebody walk in oh, no. right on a bird that was probably twenty yards from getting shot. That's the worst. <laughs> that is the worst. But you know what are you going to do? You yeah. know, I mean, it's public land. You just got to shake it off and go to the next one. Yeah, that happened so. to me this last year with elk. I was up, um, and I didn't think I, I saw one truck at the trailhead, but I didn't think that he had seen this herd of cows that was up, and it was about a foot and a half, two feet of snow. I mean, it was mm-hmm. up to my knees, and I was post-holing the whole way up. And I finally get up there, and um, and I get to within 100 yards of these cows. And I was like, okay, this is money. Like, the the the, <laughs> the snow was not crunchy. It was that perfect powdery. Like, it muffled everything I was doing. And the wind was in my face. The cows were sleeping. And I was like, I've got all the time in the world. This was like 1 o'clock in the afternoon by the time I got up there. And... Um, and and then I saw one of the cows perk up as I'm making my plan of like, okay, how am I going to, like, do I go down the ridge a little bit and work my way across and then come back over? And I was going all through that in my head, um, getting an arrow knocked and rearranging. And and then um, and then I I saw her perk up and I'm like, uh, okay, like, I checked my wind again and it was still blowing in my face. And I hadn't moved, so she didn't hear me, she didn't see me. And, um, and then she stands up and I was like, oh man, what is going on? Like... I was looking at my watch. I'm like, y'all are supposed to be up for another four hours. What are you doing? <laughs> like, go back to sleep. 
And uh, and then she barked, and they all popped up. And there was about 40 of them. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, what is going on? And I'm sitting here in my head. I'm like, I could make a 100-yard shot. <laughs> and then I'm like, no. no. Like, I can, I, I can hit targets out to – I think I've stretched it out to 150 with my bow. But, mm-hmm. like, I, I told myself at the beginning of the season I'm not shooting over 70. And so I, I reeled myself back in. I was like, no, if, even if this gets screwed up, it's okay. And then I heard a string go off. And there was an archer – the other guy that was at the trailhead had beat me to them by 30 yards. He oh was 30 gosh. yards in front of me. And I didn't see him because he was kind of wedged between a tree and another tree. And so I didn't even see him over there. And he missed. And, uh, like, in my head, I was like, well, even if he hits one, I'll help him pack it out. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and he missed. And I was like, dang it. Like, <laughs> and they kind of run off. And then they, they chill out for a little bit. But here he comes walking. He calls his girlfriend. And is talking louder than all freaking get out. And I'm like dude and i'm like trying to like wave him down i'm like hey you know and i'm not trying to yell or anything and i can hear him so loud and like they've got him pinpointed and they're just watching him walk across the ridge right where they were and i'm like dude what are you doing like they were gonna <laughs> chill out right there and we'd have another shot anyway come to find out this guy was from minnesota and he uh he had just barely moved to utah barely got his residency and so that's why he didn't hunt the regular season he was doing the extended archery mm-hmm. And uh, turned out to be a great experience. I made sure it was a great experience. I didn't, like, yeah. get all pissy with him. But uh, I was like, dude, you got to within 70 yards of an elk on your first attempt. Like, that's pretty dang good. That's pretty. Yeah. You know, I was, I don't know if I was telling you last night, but, uh, the first, like, northern hunt I did was up in Wyoming for mm. pronghorn. And uh, we went open a day. I forgot what unit we were in. Um, but, uh, you know, I'd put in preference points the year before to so make sure I got drawn mm-hmm. and, and this and that. My buddy knew exactly what I needed to do, and it was super easy filling out all the paperwork and everything. And so we get up there, opening opening day, and it rained the entire, like, two <laughs> days before. You know, so already the game wardens have told, because we're hunting private land, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, um, on these draw hunts. And wardens were like, okay, you can't drive on any two-track roads. I was like, what the heck's a two-track? Yeah. And I was like, I've never heard this term before from being <laughs> in Oklahoma and Texas. And, like, you can only drive on the four-tracks and, and this and that. And yeah. I was like, okay. It's like, well, I know we're walking mostly. And uh, so we get out, and, and there's freaking antelope everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you would think it'd be really easy, right? No. Like, they can, they're like a turkey. They can mm-hmm. see you from a mile away, and then they'll mm-hmm. just run three miles over that way like it's nothing. Yep. And then you got to start all over. And uh, so we, we, we chased them around. Dude, I think we had literally walked on my tracker almost 15 miles by, like, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. You know, and, and it's it's wet still and, and just, you know, it's not a comfortable. I was not prepared gear-wise. <laughs> um, and, uh, but... Later that afternoon, you know, we're we're kind of like, okay, we're gonna stop and eat lunch and and take a break. And there's there's orange dots everywhere, like you're saying. And I just remember looking back and then seeing a a whole hillside full of orange people, and they were mm-hmm. shooting. You'd see goats running this way and that way. Mm-hmm. And I seen a a dot on the hillside, and I was like, there's a buck after we glassed it. It's like two miles away, and and so my buddy was like, all right. We need to go after him because like, those people don't, don't get see him. Now. <laughs> yeah, they they don't see him because he's yeah. below him, you know. And and we go over there and uh, he, we get to where he thinks he's at, and so he creeps up to the top of the ridge, and his eyes just got huge. And he turned and looked back at me, and he's like, man, he's like sixty yards, like right there. Oh yeah. And I was just, man, I was pumped. I mean, I was excited, and uh, so I, I climbed up there and ended up harvesting the animal. That's awesome. And I was like, I can't believe this. Like everybody's like, you gotta shoot him like half a mile away, and this and that. Well. 
the does I harvested were literally, I yeah. think, like half to a mile away. It seemed like because they were like four to four to five hundred yard shots, and but I was so happy to get that um, mature buck. Even That's the game awesome. warden when they checked us, he's like, "This is this is a a, a good one," you know. And, and so I was super proud, man. I got that thing mounted on the wall, and every time I look at it, you know, I don't really think about killing that animal but mm -hmm. it was just that whole journey that day and then getting there and being successful mm -hmm. that made the whole trip just etched in stone man and that's what it's all about okay so but i encourage i mean pronghorn i think something that that people i mean that that's a good like beginner like plains game mm -hmm. type animal to hunt and stuff and, and we seen some mule deer and then my buddies were like yeah those mountains over there that's where the elk are at it's <laughs> like you ain't, you ain't ready for that so <laughs> but yeah, one day <laughs> yeah and then you can graduate to sheep <laughs> oh yeah yeah i remember uh going to alaska when i was uh, a boy i was like five or six years old and uh we were somewhere we were looking at the bald eagles and stuff there were thousands of them up there flying around and mm -hmm. i kept asking my dad and uncle was like what the heck's all them white dots up there on the mm -hmm. side of the mountain literally i mean it's like straight up and oh those are sheep <laughs> and uh i'm excited to talk to gray about that here in a little bit and um, and what all they got going over there at the sheep foundation but uh it's been cool man and, and you know i just uh want to thank you again for uh being part of this this year and look forward to uh, working on some stuff in the future with you of course and um yeah we still like i said we've got another day and a half here Gonna have some Cajun food tonight, oh, yeah. and uh, hopefully catch some more fish, and hopefully uh, shoot some more pigs tonight. So we have a fishing derby going on. Yeah, we're gonna have a little fishing tournament this oh, afternoon after lunchtime. Man. Oh yeah, <laughs> bring it, man! You bring Competition. It. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so, all right, Jonathan, appreciate it, man. Yep. Thanks, buddy. Of course. to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV.